1: and welcome to episode 196 of A Love Food Podcast. I'm Julie Duffy Dillon, registered dietitian and partner on your food peace journey. I am so glad you're here. Thank you for connecting today. I'm wondering how things have been going for you as you are navigating intuitive eating or moving away from diets, rejecting diet culture during the month of January. It is really tough work. And I have a letter from someone who is a college student, actually new to college, and also new to eating disorder recovery, and really battling with like how to not diet on a college campus, how not to overexercise, how to make peace with food when the whole campus seems to be doing the opposite. It's really tough work to do this. I cannot wait to explore this letter with you. And we get to hear from expert Ayana Haptamariam. She's a dietitian that I found over on Instagram. I have been following her work for a while now. And when I was booking guests for the show in 2020, she was first on my list. So I'm excited for you to hear from her as well. So before we get to this episode's letter though, a word from our sponsor. This episode of a Love Food Podcast is brought to you by my PCOS and Food Peace course. If you have PCOS, also known as polycystic ovarian syndrome, you probably have been told you have to diet in order to manage this condition. Well, I'm here to tell you, we know diets don't work for most people. So why would they work for PCOS? It's just not the case. They don't. There is another way. You can reject diets. You can do intuitive eating work living with PCOS, and I want to show you how. Go to PCOSandFoodPeace.com to get to all the details. So I have appreciated all of you who have left me ratings and reviews so far. There have been many of you who've done it in the month of January, which I so, so appreciate. And if you don't know, I am currently looking for a literary agent. And the feedback that I've gotten from other agents is that I need to double the amount of ratings and reviews that Love Food has. So A small request. If you haven't left a rating or review, I would love it if you did. It is a small act of kindness that really goes far. And not only for me. I mean, it is something that will help me be able to find a literary agent to hopefully be able to write a book, but it also helps other people find the show so more people can have access to Food Peace. So if you're not sure how to do it, if you scroll down now to the show notes, there's a link that will take you right to how to leave a rating or review in um, Apple Podcasts. So thank you so much in advance. Doing any of those acts of kindness, like leaving a rating, a review, subscribing, or sharing the show all help. So I really appreciate it. All right. Enough of all that. Let's get to this episode's letter and hear from Ayana Habtamerian. Dear food, I have battled with you for almost three years now. This weekend actually marks one year of choosing recovery. Choosing to fight anorexia nervosa was the best decision I have made, but I did not realize it was going to be so hard and long. I was a senior in high school when I began recovery, but I knew no matter what I had to go to college. My parents talked about me taking a gap year in between high school and college to focus on my relationship with food, but. That is not the usual thing to do in my town. Thankfully, I am in college now at a university just down the road from my house. I thought my battle with you would be completely over once I left home, but honestly, it's just gotten worse. Living on my own means making my own meals and keeping myself accountable. Diet culture is so loud here. I feel like I find you to be a part of every single conversation. It makes me feel hopeless in such a challenging and lonely environment. The school gym is just steps from my dorm. I usually find myself there after a bad meal with you or a hard exam. Why do you attack specifically college students? College is already difficult and adding fear of food and fat phobia makes it even harder. I know it's not just me too that has this stress. But no one speaks about it. I'm at a loss of how to keep motivation and pushing forward in such a challenging community. Sincerely, Confused College Freshman. Hey there, Confused College student. Thank you so much for your note. And whether you are in college or recovering from an eating disorder, I know for you, the listener, you can relate to so much of what this person is bringing up. And I am excited to bring on a guest expert to help me with this letter. I'm going to give Ayana Habtamiriam a call. She's a dietitian that I've gotten to know over Instagram, and I think she's going to have some important words of wisdom.
2: Hello. Hey,
1: Ayana. This is Julie Dillon. How are you? Hey, Julie. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing so great. Thank you so much for chatting with me. And did you get a chance to
2: look at this letter? I did. I did look at the letter.
1: Awesome. I'm excited to dive in. And what was your your impression about what this person's experiencing?
2: Well, my first impression was that it's a really difficult situation to be in. Um, especially when you've you've been there before and you know what's going on, and you know what it feels like um, to have those old thoughts and patterns come back. and And you may feel like you're wrong or you don't have control because you're you know wondering um, why this is happening again. But also, in addition to that, I, I thought the letter writer was really brave. Um that was something that also immediately came to my mind and and self-aware and also had a really, or a pretty good sense of um, the environment and and awareness of their situation. Um, So that was was what came to mind. And I would say bravery for choosing to fight anorexia and also recognizing um, that that was a good decision, but leaving what sounded to me to be a supportive family environment, even if it's just down the road. Um, So initially when I was reading the letter, I said, well, you know, they have all this stuff going on. They sound like they have a supportive family at home um, and they're still ready to go out and and, and take this on and not knowing what, you know, they would have to deal with. But I think that self-awareness to recognize now that things are more difficult because of diet culture, you know, being so loud and being the norm, um, and also recognizing that they're using, you know, exercise to cope with a bad meal um, or to cope with a hard exam. I just think that's I think that's brave, and I think that they need to um, give themselves credit for that, for for still being aware. Of, of the anorexia and being aware of how it's affecting them and how it's, you know, normalized even more on college campuses.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was really, really impressed with this person's awareness. And I think I agree with you so much. I think it's so brave and it's such hard work to tease apart why there's like this craving for certain behaviors to kind of check out um, and to be aware that like, Okay, this is not about me. This is also about our really crappy culture that hasn't recovered from its own eating disorder and how it's so normalized to um, want to be smaller and to to diet. So yeah, I totally agree. I'm like, this person is so brave. Um, yeah. And I and I think about people too who may not always identify. Maybe someone listening who's like, "Well, I've never experienced an eating disorder or anorexia, but may really." appreciate that struggle to like move away from dieting if they've always dieted and you know we may even have a conversation of like well your dieting may have actually really been an eating disorder (laughs) Mm because I think sometimes people think it's so normal to diet so it's not but just like trying to stay in your body and um, go to college or go on with whatever is the next step in your life and not use Like exercise to check out or dieting to check out and just stay in your body. I think that's so, um, I don't know. I think it's like a part that's really important for recovery in this way is like sometimes we can't just go from like, oh, there's something going on that's harmful. Let me stop doing it. Like, it seems like this person's in that space of like building that self awareness and like, yeah, that's important and such hard work. So, kudos to you, letter writer, and anybody else who's going through that. That is hard, but also important. And, um, you brought up something I didn't think about about like the supportive piece. I'm like, duh, of course, like like she, she was I think it's been so long since I went to college. I forgot about like that really big step in particular, but then to be also experiencing this really scary kind of illness and <laughs> expected to like just recover um, at the same time, that is a really big piece of this, you know, like the change in support is um, dramatic, yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So that. Thanks it, for bringing that up. Yeah. You're welcome. It, and to me, I would be. I would be scared if mm-hmm. I was in recovery for a year and went to college. I'm thinking about. You know, when I was in college, and um, I would never. I, I don't. I don't know. I may have had an eating disorder. Now I say I, I've experienced disordered eating since I was about 16. So when I was in college, I had a roommate, and we would it was basically a competition between who could eat the least, you know, Mm -hmm. and thinking about that and, you know, getting, not being in that, you know what I mean, and, Mm -hmm. and you know, this person being in recovery and then going into an environment that where where people might be competing um, to be the smallest or to eat the least amount. I just think that um, it's scary, you know? So leaving that supportive environment, Going to an environment, and I'm and I'm pretty sure the letter writer didn't realize it would be this hard. I think they acknowledged that that they didn't think it would be this hard, but with diet culture being so loud, as they put it, um, and so normal, it's it probably was a, a shock. Like, oh gosh, I'm thrown back into it. So, mm-hmm. um,
1: yeah, yeah, definitely, it's like thrown Very. to the to the lion's den, you know. Mm-hmm. And yeah, especially when we're in that place of. Um, leaving high school and um, being on our own for the first time. Like, how would we know what to expect? You know, it's like this new thing. And it may even be exciting. And it sounded, too, like this letter writer was like their own expectation for themselves. was like, I'm going to college. Like, yeah, I'm not pausing. Like, I'm doing yeah. it. Um, <laughs> and so it's hard. Yeah. So if someone's in a similar place or this letter writer, what they're experiencing, what would you consider to be some maybe first steps for them
2: to kind of just keep going in the direction that they want to go? So the very first thing I thought about was some sort of on-campus support. And I immediately thought about peer support. So finding other students that might be going through a similar situation on campus um, but then I thought that might be it might be hard to do to just kind of bring up conversations about, oh, do you have, you know, issues around eating or challenges around eating or dieting or anything like that? So maybe even reaching out to um, the on campus counseling services or a therapy group to see if they have something um, to find support, because I think that. You know, we say, like, clean up your social media. I think that's a, a, definitely another important one. But on campus, you're building new relationships and new friendships, and and that's your life. So I think it is important to um, find some sort of support and make sure you're not surrounding yourself with people who are going to help you reinforce that that behavior that you're trying so hard not to fall back into you know, you're in recovery for a year and you decided to go to college because you really wanted to. Um, But I just think that it's, you know, you can fall back on those um, old thoughts and those patterns. And it's, and, and honestly, in certain environments, it's really hard not to. So you have to surround yourself with people who, who can support um, where you want to go.
1: Yeah. So like this person is so aware of when their brain is drifting into the, the eating disorder patterns. So then being aware in those moments, like I almost can see like those thoughts to try to, they're trying to be the support, you know, to like help them get through this and to seek out people who are doing something different, which is so easy to say. And I, I know like where I live, there are certain campuses that have lots of weight inclusive, Groups and like easy to identify programs in that way. But then there's other campuses okay. in my same town who have nothing like that. But they're the thing that I do get with a lot of college campuses that I've been around is that um, it's really normal to need more support when you go to college for the first time. Um, you, again, you're like leaving home, leaving support. So even if you're not experiencing an illness, like it's really normal and they're expecting people to need it, you know? So like they're mm-hmm. ready, they're poised to give you this, like this is their people who do that work in the counseling center. Like that's what they're doing all day long. So it's going to be really normal to for them to hear like, Hey, um, I need some support, you know? And um, I say that just because I can remember it being really hard for me to ask for support in college when I needed help. And um, now I'm like, wow, like that was, I was so textbook, <laughs>
2: you know? It's yeah. like so normal that's, to need it. <laughs> yeah. That's so good to know. Uh, and I forgot about that, um, mm-hmm. that there is a lot of support on college campus. Mm-hmm. So, I think even more now, like I,
1: I was in college 20 years ago, but I feel like even now it's like more um, a part of it, you know, just like that. Um, I don't know if it's just because of like the stereotypical helicopter parenting kind of thing <laughs> that, mm-hmm. that has evolved. But um, I think there's even just more to awareness that people are going to need that support because they've never had to do things on their own before. And um, so, yeah, like this person, especially like eating and body image um, concerns, those are all also like pretty common experiences in this age group, you know? And if someone's a traditional age going to college, that's like, this is someone that's going to be like, again, someone that they're really used to seeing. And if you're not someone who's like the typical age going to college, it also um, is something that is expected just having that leap of like, you know, changing jobs or changing anything, mm-hmm. any kind of change is something that's really normal before eating disorder behavior can become complicated. So, well, before we move on, was there any other kind of steps that you find that you would recommend or is that sum up what you were, what you were thinking?
2: Um, That about sums it up. And if awesome. you're on social media too, I would just say um, making sure you're following um good recovery accounts, um, body positive, like true body positive accounts, and anything that makes you feel crappy or anything that makes you feel bad about yourself or mm-hmm. um, the letter writer, <laughs> I'm saying you, but yeah, or you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. So well, and seen. I feel like uh, it could, the generalized you works for me for me too. Um, and I, I like hearing the reminder to clean up the social media accounts because um, I think it's something that's an easy way for us to just get extra support even just like visually and is there a way that you have found to kind of cut through the crap like and get to like truly body positive pages like how do you is there a way that you've been able to decipher between
2: like ones that say they are but really aren't oh gosh that's a good question so i stay away from um the hashtag i know that sounds <laughs> yeah. crazy but if you go on the tag there's so much like fake body positivity mm-hmm. and i go through other people's pages so when i see people um share something in their stories or something like that i'll then go click on it but i have to stay away from the explore page and i have mm-hmm. to stay away from the hashtags that's um, so good I, to know that's good yeah it's cuz there's so much um you know people use the tag just i think to mm-hmm. to get clicks. It's like clickbait.
1: Yeah, um, I agree. Yeah. And I think um, intuitive eating in particular, like that hashtag is going to be trending so much more in 2020. And I know you're an intuitive eating counselor and like, there are so many people who say they do intuitive eating, but they're not. And they're just kind of using that as a way to get clickbait, like you said. And and actually you bring up Instagram and that's how I found you. And so um, would you mind telling the listeners your handle?
2: Cause oh, I love sure. your page. <laughs> Thank you. So my handle on Instagram is the Trill uh, T-H-E-T-R-I-L-L-R-D. And um, that's the same on Twitter and on Facebook as well. I'm not on either of those as much though. Yeah. Yeah. Instagram is my jam right now too.
1: Um, so we have a food piece syllabus on the show. And if you're new to the Love food podcast, the food peace syllabus is a collection of resources like books, um, blog posts, movies, documentaries, anything under the sun that helps to promote our food peace
2: journey. And I'm wondering if you would like to add anything to it. Well, I, ha- I have my website mm-hmm. um, and I provide virtual nutrition counseling um, and nutrition coaching for non-dieted and I have a 12-week intuitive eating program um, for, for individuals. And I'm also working on a project with another registered dietitian. Um, it is called Reclaiming Our Plate. And it is a collective of Black Haze-aligned registered dietitians. We just want to provide more representation um, within the movement and within the Haze and non-diet spaces. Um, and again, that's Reclaiming Our reclaimingourplate.org. Org, <laughs> um, And at the time of recording right now, um, it's not up, but it should be within the next couple of weeks or yes. so. Yes,
1: I will put all of the links in the show notes, which is easy to update as necessary. So we will do that. And yeah, if you get to it, if you're listening to this episode, episode right when it's released, it may not be quite there yet, but that's okay. Just keep searching for it. Um, I'm so glad you, you're you doing that. That's amazing. I The more people that can see others that look like themselves doing work that's freeing them from diet culture, I think is awesome because it's going to make the world a better place. So, um, yeah. so thanks for you're doing welcome. that. And um, you're if, yes, well, if anybody wants to find you, is your website the best place to find you?
2: Yes. I would say my website is the best place and that is truly real Awesome. Thank you so much for your
1: time and your expertise, your compassion. I know letter writer is going to appreciate it. And anyone listening, who's going through the same thing. So thank you so much.
2: You're welcome. Thank you for having me.
1: So there you have it. Letter writer. I hope the conversation that I just had with Ayana Haptamarium was helpful to you and anyone listening who can relate Maybe you're also new to college or just to a different transition in life and really just trying to survive in this world that is just so darn fat phobic and, you know, normal eating is now dieting, right? And you're just trying to figure out a way to make it work for you to not diet anymore. I hope our conversation was helpful. I hope you find the support you need and you are able to move along in the places that you want to go on your food peace journey. So I see that food was written back, but before we get to food's letter, this episode of a love food podcast was brought to you by My PCOS and Food Peace course. You can get to all the details at pcosandfoodpeace.com. If you enjoyed this episode of the love food podcast, I would love it if you left a rating a review, subscribed or shared an episode. Doing any of those acts of kindness really helps the show grow, and I appreciate your um Just taking the time out of your day to do it. It is so, so sweet of you. And um, yeah, so I thank you. All right. So until next time, take care. Dear confused college freshmen, you are so very brave to move away from your eating disorder and your life is moving along and stressful as we would expect. Leaving home is tough on everyone and losing consistent support makes that even harder. You don't have to struggle alone. There is no shame in asking for help and college campuses are ready to hold you up. Be warned, diet culture, restricting, and over-exercising may offer a hand in support too. Keep calling them out as the tools you no longer need. Instead, seek out like-minded eaters and rally with them. You can move forward with recovery and the world is ready to see what is next for you. Love food. Thank you for listening. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, and this is a Love Food podcast. Do you want access to more food peace? Jump on over to my website and join my email list. There, I share exclusive content that I don't share anywhere else get access to these tips and strategies by going to juliedillonrd.com forward slash sign up. And I look forward to seeing you here next week for another episode of the Love Food Podcast. Take care.